Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Good morning, Remnant. <laughs> Hi, brothers and sisters. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm excited to kick off a new day, a new week, a new year. And J.B. Hickson is with us. We'll get to him in a minute. Someone sent me this prayer, and instead of uh, praying for some of the things I typically do to open up a podcast, I just want to read and or pray this, uh, what someone sent me. This is from uh, Bill McDonald. I believe it's from the the Brian Call, but uh, it says, Lord Jesus, I rededicate myself afresh to you today. I want you to take my life this year and use it for your glory. I pray that you will keep me from sin, from anything that will bring dishonor to your name. Keep me teachable by the Holy Spirit. I want to move forward for you, so don't let me settle in a rut. May my motto this year be, he must increase, I must decrease. The glory must all be yours, Lord. Let me touch none of it. Teach me to make every decision a matter of prayer. I dread the thought of leaning on my own understanding. As it says in Jeremiah 10, 23, O Lord, I know the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man who walks to direct his steps. May I die to the world and even to the approval or blame of loved ones or friends. Give me a single pure desire to do the things that please your heart. Keep me from gossip and criticism of others. Rather, help me to speak what is edifying and profitable. Lead me to needy souls. And may I become a friend of sinners as you are. Give me tears of compassion for the perishing. Lord Jesus, keep me from becoming cold, bitter, or cynical in spite of anything that may happen to me in the Christian life. Guide me in the stewardship of money. Help me to be a good steward of everything you've entrusted to me. And help me to remember moment by moment that my body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. May this tremendous truth influence all my behavior. And, Lord Jesus, I pray that this may be the year of your return. I long to see your face and to fall at your feet in worship. So this year, may the blessed hope stay fresh in my heart, disengaging me from anything that would hold me here and keeping me on the tiptoes of expectancy. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Men. Today's guest, J.B. Hickson, is a pastor over at Plum Creek Chapel in Sedalia, Colorado. He's the author of nine books, including The Last Day's Deception and The Rapture series. And we welcome him back at, to kick off 2021. J.B., God bless you, brother. Hey, David. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, too. And I want to thank you for the ministry you're doing there in your neck of the woods. And I want to mention an interesting story. I got an email just this morning of um, someone at your church (laughs) who said she met a couple that came to your church and and she asked how they hear about about, uh, Plum Creek Chapel. And they said, we heard JB on Stand Up For The Truth. So that was kind of a cool story, brother. Yeah, isn't that amazing? You know, we our church is uh, in a suburb of Denver, uh, south of Denver, and kind of in the uh, right at the foothills of of the mountains there. 
and a lady was uh, doing uh, her regular hike through the, the mountains there, um, morning hike, and listening to Stand Up for the Truth, longtime listener of your show, David, and she heard uh, you mention me, I think it was the first time I was on a couple of months ago, and she said, Plum Creek Chapel in Sedalia, that's my town, that's where I live, that's right down the road, and she had just never... <laughs> Uh, didn't know about me or uh, about our church, and I was new there at the time. And she said, "Man, this is great! I got to check it out." And of course, now they're active uh, members and really a, a key part of our group, and we're so thankful to have them. So, uh, yeah, you're doing a great work, and uh, thanks for thanks for helping us lower our marketing budget. That's great. <laughs> Praise God. Um, one good story before we get into some of the muck and mire of, uh, well, I don't want to say. Bible prophecy is being fulfilled, right? That's not muck and mire. But what's happening, the darkness, the spirit of Antichrist that is moving, and it just seems like it's it's just all over the place in our culture, our country, in the world. We'll talk about the Great Reset a little bit more in a minute. But um, I got this article a couple days ago. People draw hope from Scripture, right? Well, Lifeway Christian Resources reported that Bible sales increased during the pandemic. And so there's a good headline. Also, we know from last year, search engines. People have been searching God, um, heaven, uh, spiritual things. You know, So people are seeking and searching. We know Bible uh, sales are increasing. So there are some good things. So God is using these things, isn't he, JB? Yeah, absolutely. Whenever there are you know, major uh, changes geopolitically or major events that are kind of upsetting the world, you know, things like 9-11 uh, 20 years ago, and of course now this uh, control of virus scandemic, it causes people to think about otherworldly things. It t- causes them to think beyond what they can see and feel and touch. And, and so, yeah, we need to always be uh, sensitive to the Holy Spirit and prepared to give an answer and uh, certainly use uh, these uh, spiritually uh, difficult times and emotionally difficult times as an opening for the gospel. Absolutely. So a couple of our guests have um, been, well, pastors, patriot pastors, I like to refer to them as, they have been dealing with uh, Democrat governors and state restrictions, whether it be California or uh, New York or other places. But one particular uh, guest and a friend of this podcast, Pastor Steve Smotherman, Legacy Church in New Mexico, um, I just happened to be on YouTube uh, going through some of the new um, things that I subscribe to and just watching, just, just checking a, co- a couple of the headlines and what other pastors are preaching on. And he was at the end of a message, I think it was just the other night, at the end of a message he was railing on the governor of New Mexico, Michelle Lu- Luan Christian or something like that. Um, she went out and told NBC that churches in New Mexico, a very blue state, are being selfish for meeting. And this is coming from the woman who literally made the sick and elderly and others stand in what he said, Pastor Steve Smotherman said, were modern-day bread lines to get groceries. And she called the churches selfish for having a what he calls a peaceful protest, meaning they're just having their services, right? They had Christmas services mm-hmm. to celebrate the birth of Christ. So having peaceful protests in their own church and people voluntarily chose to attend, she calls that selfish. This is what governors are doing in different states. Now, how are things going in Colorado there? Because I know you have generally have a, had a blue state there. Are, is your church being uh, restricted by anything? Uh, fortunately, we personally are not. Our governor is is horrible. He's just a despicable human being, an uh, outwardly, openly gay uh, 
man, uh, first openly gay governor in the history of our country. Hmm. Uh, there was a uh, openly lesbian governor in the Northeast somewhere uh, not too long ago, but he's the first openly gay governor. And he's just a man uh, who has no moral compass and uh, has no spiritual uh, aptitude whatsoever. Um, so as a state, the uh, restrictions that they put in place are pretty draconian. However, the uh, sheriff in our uh, county uh, has assured us that he's not going to enforce those restrictions, at least as far as churches go. So we've been pretty much status quo for some time. And, you know, we've had, we've had some uh, discussions with some people who are not comfortable uh, that we're not, uh, you know, bowing down and worshiping at the altar of, of Jared Polis, our governor. Uh, and they've chosen not to come because they've bought into the lie about uh, this uh, control of virus scandemic and are convinced that um, it's going to kill them. And so they just don't like it that we're meeting uh, as regular. But, uh, you know, we have uh, we've not, you know, imposed restrictions. You know, we do uh, allow people to to do what they feel personally they should do if they want to wear a mask. Fantastic. If they want to kind of uh, social distance, that's up to them. Uh, but we pretty much uh, just uh, haven't really given it any airtime. We just have gone on uh, like normal. Um, but I tell you, you know, the comment that your friend made about, uh, you know, quoting the governor of New Mexico there about how it's not loving or it, it's, it's selfish. selfish to, yeah. For, yeah, for churches to do this kind mm. of thing. We're hearing that uh, across the board, not just from the left, mm. but we're hearing it from conservative Christians as well. Um, I mean, big name That's pastors. That's true. Uh, have come out and said, look, it's the loving thing for Christians to do. And I've said it before on your program, I think multiple times, it's never the loving thing to do to perpetuate a lie. And um, so I think that one of the things the devil is doing is working both ends against the middle. He's having otherwise Bible-believing Christians who've been deceived and bought into the lie from the angle of, oh, we've got to, you know, love one another. And if, if I'm going to you know, if it's loving for me to wear a mask, I'll wear a mask, even though it's unhealthy, it's dangerous, it's a lie, it doesn't serve any purpose, and you're literally killing yourself by wearing a mask. You know, God never wants us to do that. So, um, and then, of course, the left is coming at it from, from another angle. So one of the things I hope we get into uh, on today's program is just some of the, the very clear facts that are not in dispute about this uh, control of virus because I think people have missed the point Yes. because there's so much fog of confusion and fear out there. Okay, JB, let's go there right after this. A headline uh, came across my desk that says, and that this is not a made-up story. This actually happened, um, a prayer to open the 117th Congress ended with a uh, Democrat-led prayer uh, which is, I'm glad they prayed at least, but it ended with a man and a woman. I'm not joking. <laughs> I'm not joking. Yeah. The, this Democrat's shocking choice of words came after they proposed eliminating all, quote, gendered language from the House rules, instead opting for gender-inclusive language, right? That's the big thing in America now. Yeah. Um, so their decision to end the prayer with supposed gender inclusivity by saying amen and a woman— was a nod to the Democrat Party's genderless agenda. But as you and I know, JB, and most of our listeners probably know, amen is not a nod to males. It, it actually means it is so or so is it. The, the uh, Latin meaning is so be it. I would love for your, yeah. your just to share a few thoughts before we get into the COVID craziness. Yeah, I mean, that's just one more example of the 
absurdity of, of what our culture has become to that. You're, you're talking there about representative Cleaver from Missouri uh, yep. or representative Cleaver, the deceiver, as I call him. And, uh, you know, he just is embarrassingly ignorant. Um, amen. It comes from the Hebrew amen and the Greek amen. And it means truly or so be it or uh, so let it be. And it has nothing to do with gender, never has. And, um, so, you know, this is the level of statesmen that we now have elected in our country. These are the types of people that are representing us. And, um, you know, even though it is an embarrassing mistake on his part to somehow think that a man has something to do with gender, it, it still does display, as you said, the agenda of, uh, of the left to, you know, surrender gender, as I've talked about uh, many times. It's, yep. it's, it's a really sad day. Oh, Lord. It's, it's, this is some of the dumbest. Uh, what's happening in the country, and it is, we, if you read Romans 1, uh, you get a better understanding of the reprobate mind and how God gave them over and how these people, their con- many of them, their consciences have been seared, but th- their agenda, they're so driven to remove God and creation and the truth about gender and everything else, they are completely just losing it when it comes to just common sense. Um, let's move on now. By the way, um, I guess Cleaver um, is a ordained Methodist minister from what I read in one article. So, uh, so much for being ordained. If you're a Democrat, you're still going to follow your party's agenda. Yeah. Well, you can, you know, you, you give me $25 in 10 minutes, I can get you an ordination certificate online. So that uh, has lost, that's lost yeah, its meaning, too, you're right. you know. You're right. Okay, so, um, JB, you refer to what's happening with all things COVID and the, and the chaos as the Controla virus scamdemic. Um, you've been on the program several times now, and at the risk of being redundant, there are, there are always new listeners, and we have a new audience. It seems like people come in from different places. Thank you, by the way, those of you who are referring us and sending our podcasts out. But, JB, would you explain what you mean by control of virus scamdemic? Yeah, so what people need to understand is there is not a pandemic going on right now. Uh, and if people will turn off the mainstream state-run media that is simply purveying fear and dread and look at the facts, and I know that's difficult to do these days. People just are not prone to critical thinking. Mm-hmm. But if you just look at the facts, there is no pandemic. 99.76% of people who get the virus survive. And uh, if you're under 80, uh, it's, it's you know, 0.0001% chance of dying. In fact, this is from the CDC's own website uh, in terms of chances of death in the United States currently. If you have the COVID-19 infection and you're under 50, uh, you have a 0.0013 chance of dying, which is less than the chance of dying from choking on food. So you have wow. a greater chance to choke on food if you're under 50. Why do, uh, not to mention the fact... Why does it seem, like, pe- why does it seem like people, including Christians are reluctant to simply look at the numbers, the facts, and reason about this. Because they're too busy watching Fox News and CNN. And so what we have happening now is the media is highlighting every time there's a death. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, so, and they're putting the backstory to it. And this, you know, this congressman-elect died, and this you know, elderly grandmother died, and this actor and this movie star and this person died. And so we just 
think, you know, that this is some terrible, terrible disease. But the fact of the matter is, and again, this is a fact not in dispute, the total deaths in 2020 in the United States of America are almost the same, slightly less, actually, than 2019. That's not a fact in dispute. So I told my church Sunday, I said, look, 2020 was a rough year. In fact, we had almost as many deaths in 2020 as we did in 2019. Hmm. And, you know, of course, I got quite a chuckle from those who are awake and know what's really happening. Yes. The influenza cases in the United States of America were down 98% in 2020. When you look at a bar graph of that going back 20 years, it's just you know, jumps off the page at you. I mean, it's these long bars of, of showing, you know, thousands and thousands upon thousands of people with the flu every year, which is normal. It's just mm-hmm. a normal thing. We get the flu and flu season. Right. And you come to 2020 and you can't even see the bar. It's not there because they stopped counting flu and they counted everything as COVID. So if there was a pandemic that was an existential threat uh, and this terrible disease that was spreading, we would see a demonstrable uptick in total deaths, number one, and we would see a, you know, the flu would be the same as it has in every year, and, and this would be over and above that, but it's not. Uh, they're labeling everything as COVID. Uh, and so, I mean, it's, it's all about control, and we know that the, the smoking gun of all this, too, is that they've been talking about this uh, since 2001, with a uh, widely publicized and open source document on Operation Dark Winter, where mm-hmm. they, the uh, Rockefellers and some of the other Luciferians just talked about what they need to do to bring in the new world system and the one world order and one world currency of the Great Reset. And then in 2010, nine years later, the Rockefeller Foundation put out a, a 28-page document, which I'm happy to send people, uh, that talks about four different scenarios that they might use to be able to usher in a one-world system. The number one of those four uh, suggestions that they made, which begins on page 18, was a global pandemic in which they convince everybody uh, that they've got to take vaccines and wear masks and stop going to church and stop shopping and stop going out in groups and stop hosting people for Thanksgiving. I mean, it literally reads like a script of exactly what happened, wow. and that was put out in May of 2010. And then, of course, in 2001, October in New York City, you had Event 201, which was a one-day, full-blown, very uh, well done, uh, highly invested financially uh, uh, exercise in which they said, here's how it's going to play out if we have a pandemic. And then, of course, they had one starting the next month in China. So this thing has been planned. Uh, Bill Gates has been talking about it. Even Anthony Fauci talked about it right after Trump was elected in 2016, and he said, Trump will, not might or could, but will be facing a pandemic during his presidency, which, of course, he did. How did he know? Wow. Uh, so prior knowledge is a real smoking gun that something is orchestrated or, or what, what the military calls a false flag. Uh, in the military war college, they teach two key things that they've used for centuries called uh, false flag and stand down. And a false flag is when they bring about some type of crisis in order to get the public to rally for a response. And that response is really what those powers that be wanted all along. They just needed the the public to kind of go along with it. So it's called a false flag. Uh, So, I mean, I've gotten bolder over time as I see the the, the idiocy, you know, like uh, this Representative Cleaver, those types of things happening. And I know that had nothing to do with the virus, but just that type of mentality so I, I no longer make apologies. Um, it's time for Christians to stop being stupid 
uh, to put it bluntly, and look at the facts, read the data, take off the masks. You're going to get hypercapnia and hypoxia. You're going to hurt yourself. It just, it's not healthy for our immune system to be breathing in dirty air um, and, uh, and, and less oxygen. And, you know, we need to say no. We need to just say no to this stuff that's not supported by the science. Our guest is J.B. Hickson. I'll give you an opportunity to share that resource and how people can get it via email or however when we come back. We're going to talk a little bit more about the One World Currency, the Great Reset, and the continued COVID-19 debate on Stand Up For The Truth in just a minute. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. Our guest is J.B. Hickson. The website is notbyworks.org. And I just got a text from one listener. Good show. Speak the truth. And J.B., you never back down these days. I didn't know you 10 years ago, 20 years ago. I'm sure you've made you know, some changes in the, what you preach, how you deliver the message. But uh, you are very bold, and I thank you for that. We have no time to uh, cut corners or to, to water things down or to soften the message anymore. We've got to wake people up. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, just a couple of more facts. Again, the, the facts are facts. Uh, facts don't care about your feelings, but they're facts. And uh, the World Health Organization, if you went to the World Health Organization website in June of 2020 and you looked up the COVID uh, coronavirus-19 disease and you looked under the section, what is herd immunity, their own website said herd immunity is the indirect protection from an infectious disease that happens, quote, when a population is immune either through vaccination or immunity developed through previous infection. Wow. So now fast forward to November <laughs> of this year, same website, same page, same subheading, what is herd immunity, and they've changed it. Wow. Herd immunity, they say, quote, is also known as population immunity, and it is, quote, a concept used for vaccination in which a population can be protected from a certain virus if a threshold of vaccination is reached. So they used vaccination so, twice. What do you suppose they're trying to push there? Yeah, so this, this, the change in their website came out and coincided with the release of this uh, vaccine. Now, I, I want to be very clear here. No Christian should take this vaccine, period. It is dangerous. It is uh, immoral. Uh, some versions of the COVID vaccine, remember there are four different companies that have put one out, yes. contain aborted fetal tissue, um, Others mess with your DNA and are uh, sort of a messenger RNA type uh, vaccine, which has never been used before. It's a completely novel approach. Keep in mind that SARS-CoV-2, which is what coronavirus 19 is, uh, the severe uh, acute respiratory syndrome 2, is just the second iteration of SARS-1, which has been out for 20 years, and we still don't have a vaccine for that. And many Scientists are in print in peer-reviewed journal articles saying we never will. Uh, and yet here we get SARS-CoV-2, and within months they fast-track a highly experimental uh, vaccine through. By the way, it is not the clinical trials are not done. Uh, you can look this up for every one of the ma- uh, vaccine manufacturers. There are still ongoing clinical trials. So we are basically uh, guinea pigs. They're experimenting on the population of the earth with these dangerous vaccines Mm. and of course even the mainstream news is reporting because it's so prevalent uh, that so many people have already started having severe 
adverse reactions. In fact, in the EU, <clears throat> they've said they don't want them giving uh, the Moderna version of the vaccine to anyone unless they have an EpiPen on hand, on standby, because so many people are having immediate uh, reactions, uh, you know, allergic reactions. And so uh, don't take it. It's part of a larger agenda. And I have an excellent documentary that I'm happy to pass along if people email me uh, that just came out that, that goes into the scientific facts about uh, the vaccine and kind of the history of it and what's so dangerous about it. Um, but, you know, as far as the masks, again, just to cite a couple of studies, and I'm happy to send these uh, to people. Every time I'm on your show, I get a, a flurry of emails from people <laughs> asking for this data. But there are no randomized control trials, what they call RCT trials, with verified outcomes that show a benefit to anyone wearing a mask who is healthy. Hmm. It just it, There's no definitive study, period. Um, I mean... Here's a study from the Medical Science News, March 15th, 2020. Re, uh, let's see, uh, what does it say? We don't generally recommend the wearing of masks in public to otherwise well individuals. You can increase your risk of getting COVID-19 by wearing a mask. <laughs> um, I mean, and then lots of journal articles that go way, way back. Uh, here's one from the American Journal of Infection and Control that shows that healthcare workers uh, who wear masks were significantly more likely to experience adverse effects such as headaches and uh, susceptibility to the disease. Here's one from Epidemiology and Infection that showed no studies that were reviewed showed any benefits from wearing a mask. And there are fifth, over 50 of these, uh, David. So, again, mm. if people want to do their own research, and they, I'm sure, can come up with some recent um, studies uh, from, that have come out since they they set off this control of virus a scandemic that have hastily been put together to try to document that you, that everyone should wear a mask. That's fine. Do your own research. Come to your own conclusion. But at least take the time to read these studies. I mean, are all 50, 60, 70 of these journal articles going back decades, uh, are, are they all wrong? I mean, these are credentialed, non-biased people who have no understanding of some kind of a Luciferian agenda. They're just scientists doing their job, and they know what's pretty basic, that it's never healthy for a healthy individual to cover up their nose and mouth, restrict their breathing, and breathe in carbon dioxide. It's never healthy. So uh, it's sad to me when I, when I go out in public and I see the masses wearing these masks, mm -hmm. and it's, um, it's, just, it's, it's something that Christians especially because, you know, we know the truth, and Jesus said the truth will set us free. We know the truth or should know the truth. Mm -hmm. uh, we need to be on the front lines taking a stand against this. It's not about what it's about. And well-meaning people out in public uh, wearing masks, maybe they've, they've been deceived and they are really thinking that they are doing a service to their fellow man and to other people. Uh, Christians use the phrase, I'm just loving my neighbor by wearing a mask. But you're right they aren't all really looking at the facts clearly in the numbers. And really, um, I think a lot of people made up their minds back in March and April what they were going to do and what side they were on. But, JB, is it fair to say that the WHO, uh, the WEF, and the UN generally are all working together, the World Health Organization, the World Economic Forum, the United Nations in general are pushing this, and they are working toward their ends, this great reset? Yeah, no question about it. And, of course, you know, because we've talked before, that 
it goes way back beyond that. I believe biblically and theologically it goes back to when Satan was kicked out of heaven. Uh, he tried to take over heaven. God uh, banished him from heaven, and then he took over the earth. And that's why the Bible calls the earth's, uh, you know, the whole world is under the sway of the wicked one. This is He's the God of this age and the prince of the power of the air. And Satan is a liar and a murderer, Jesus said, from the beginning. And so he, he does two things. He lies and he kills. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And so you can trace, as I've done in my series, Spirit of the Antichrist, um, you can trace a Luciferian conspiracy from the beginning involving Satan, demons, and his human co-conspirators to try to take over the world. And yes, in modern times, that's um, you know manifested in uh, groups like Rockefeller and the CFR and the World Health Organization and uh, UN and, and World Economic Forum. And they are now rolling out the end game. They are uh, rolling out a complete police state control grid that's going to track everyone. Remember, it's not about what it's about. It's never about what it's about. It's always a smokescreen. So they're making it about your health and safety and an alleged pandemic, but it's actually about control. They want to be able to track every human being so that they can uh, control us. And, and that's what the Great Reset, if you haven't seen it, Klaus Schwab you know, yeah. comes right out and says it, talks about the, the New World Order and the new world currency, the, the, the CBDC, central banking digital currency, they call it, um, which is going to be rolled out, you will no longer have what's called token currency, meaning you physically hold something in your hand, whether that's a Federal Reserve note or a you know, quarter or a dime, but you will, it'll all be digital. So you know, when you go shopping, if the people that control the digital system decide you don't need to buy what you are buying, or maybe you didn't pay your taxes, or maybe you didn't. Maybe you were a little bit too outspoken on your Stand Up for the Truth radio program, David. They'll say, "Sorry, your purchases refused. You don't get milk and bread today." Mm. And uh, that's what they're doing. You can't control everyone. When I can simply, you know, at a garage sale, go in and hand you a ten dollar bill and, and buy my item. Mm. But if everything is digital, think about the implications of that wow. and how they can literally track and control everything and that's that's been in the works for you know centuries they've been planning this and talking about it and uh, they've tried multiple times to roll it out uh, but I honestly believe they were surprised at how easily uh, the world bought in to this pandemic and not everybody of course there are a lot of truth tellers and people standing up for the truth but uh, but most people by and large have bought into it and so that's why they were determined to get Biden in Yes, uh, the progressive communist, and and that's that's a big part. Of, I mean, communism is not the ultimate enemy. Don't don't be misled, but it's certainly a huge cog in the wheel that's helping them advance their humanist globalist agenda. And they were determined under no circumstances was uh, Trump uh, going to uh, get in. Not that Trump's particularly you know good in every way. I mean, he's the one advancing the whole vaccine fraud. He's the one that put Moderna's board member in charge of Operation Warp Speed. Hmm. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, that was, uh, what was his name? Um, uh, anyway, it'll come to me in a second. But And he's the one that, Mansef Salawi was the Operation Warp Speed director. He was straight from the board, resigned from the board of Moderna to take that post. Hmm. And then, of course, he also put in Alex Azar as the Health and Human Services Secretary, who was longtime director of the U.S. operation for Eli Lilly, the big pharma company that produced a lot of the uh, psychotropic uh, 
drugs uh, that 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 the CIA worked with with MK Ultra. So Trump's you don't don't think of Trump as some hero necessarily, but he's way better than the alternative. But in any event, from the Luciferians' perspective, there was no way they were going to let Trump in, and that's why we saw the most blatant uh, election fraud in U.S. history. We are speaking with J.B. Hickson today. The website, you need to check it out. It's notbyworks.org. And before we continue on this uh, subject, J.B., I just definitely want to mention Bill Gates. How can you not when you talk about vaccines? But um, we mentioned some resources that you could get people if they're interested. And I, I don't think when we came out of the break, we gave them either a link or, or your email. What's the best way for people to get that, um, the information, especially the, the four things that they're setting up to, to get, you know, to fulfill the Great Reset? Yeah, absolutely. The easiest way to, to reach out is just through our website, which is notbyworks.org, notbyworks.org. And then the YouTube channel is the same thing, youtube.com slash notbyworks. And on the YouTube channel or the website, you can be directed to our 18-part series on Spirit of the Antichrist, in which I, with painstaking detail, sort of advance and expose this agenda of Satan and his co-conspirators in all fronts, whether it's a weather modification, um, you know, G- uh, GMOs, um, the obviously big pharma, big agra, uh, all of these types of things, um, the police state, persecution. So that's the, the best way to check it out. And then I, I recommend a four-part series that's absolutely outstanding, uh, really uh, you know, top-door top documentary by... Uh, uh, Jeremy Cor- or James Corbett, uh, you can get that at CorbettReport.com slash WhoIsBillGates hmm. uh, or slash Bill Gates. Just go to CorbettReport.com and you'll see it. And it really explains how Bill Gates, who is a Satan-worshipping eugenicist, that's a, again, that's on record, uh, he wants to kill people, he wants to depopulate the earth, he's on record saying that many times, he's been on the board of many eugenics organizations, he's been doing this across Africa and India and other places where he's forcibly sterilizing women, uh, because he, being part of the satanic Luciferian elite, believes that there are too many people on the earth and they want this playground for themselves. And so their own code is to reduce the earth's population to 500 million. Hmm. And, uh, and they're, they're going to not stop until that happens. And so, uh, so, yeah, Bill Gates is a key part of us. Again, he's not the leader. Uh, but he, he's not the ultimate, you know, uh, hidden hand. Different researchers refer to this Luciferian top tier of the pyramid in different ways, either as the, the Luciferians or the hidden hand or the deep state or y- you name it. But uh, Bill Gates is pretty pretty far up there and a key part of the, the plan, but he's certainly not uh, at the very top. Okay. Um, I'm looking at this chart with funding, and Bill Gates has given over— well, this, this may be a couple months old, this chart— uh, $155 million to the CDC. Um, he's given money to uh, ID2020. He's given $18 million to Dr. Anthony Fauci, uh, who is the director of NIAID. And he's given over $4.3 billion to the World Health Organization, WHO. And you can go on down yeah. this list and all the money, $870 million to Johns Hopkins for data, stats, uh, COVID resources, um, this, this, you know, money is influence and it, he wants to get to a certain end. So, oh, 3 billion, by the way, to Gavi, the global 
uh, health partnership with the goal of increasing immunizations in poor countries. Well, that's going to be a worldwide thing. So it is a Luciferian agenda. We've got three more minutes. I would love for you to uh, condense your thoughts and wrap up this segment with just your your closing thoughts on Bill Gates, this, the money, the influence, and what you believe is next. Yeah, and so Bill Gates is not just funding these organizations, he's founding them. He founded Gavi, for example. And so it's definitely part of their uh, agenda is to have these uh, passports, these immunization passports that are either, the first phase will be connected to your smartphone, eventually it'll be connected to your person through an implantable chip. And it was his idea, he's on record, you can find him, the statement of his on YouTube where he says, boy, it would be great if we could you know, just somehow attach whether or not you've been vaccinated to your person. So you can't fake it. You can't get a fake immunization card. We just scan your wrist or your arm, and we know for sure whether you've been vaccinated. And that's all about uh, control. Uh, I mean, I'm sure your listeners are aware of the New York State Assembly Bill A416 that's being debated right now on the floor of the uh, New York Assembly uh, that totally creates detention camps and creates the removal of anyone who's suspected to have or have come in contact with someone who's suspected to have this uh, fake uh, virus. And then they can take them, take them out of their homes, take the children out of their homes, put them in detention centers. Um, now, we don't know if it'll pass, but it, it's looking like it will because the health emergencies powers have been used to destroy all of our rights and freedoms. This seems so sensational, so almost unbelievable because we we would talk about this years ago when we we're talking about bible prophecy you know the mark of the beast and how would they get to that point where people would have to take a mark to buy and sell and so when we come back with JB Hickson we've just got a couple more seconds here or a minute um we're going to talk about the cashless push the one world currency what they're trying to do it's it's incremental and as you said I agree completely it started many years ago, and now so much has happened because they are using, they're playing on people's fears, they're using COVID-19 to get to their ends. And boy, I think you're right, JB. I don't even think they uh, had an idea of how easily they were able to push some of this through and get people to submit. Um, But anyway, we've got a whole lot more to talk about. JB Hickson, Not By Works. We will talk about that cashless society, one world currency, more on the Great Reset, and how to do Christians respond in the coming weeks and months and this year on Stand Up For The Truth. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. Dr. J.B. Hickson is our guest today, uh, pastor at Plum Creek Chapel, Colorado, and about six months ago, J.B., I heard there was somewhat of a coin shortage, and this had never happened before that I can remember. But, you know, whether it be banks or certain stores not accepting cash, was this because people thought you can catch COVID from currency, from coins, or was it something else? Well, yeah, I mean, I think they were using it as a trial balloon. And, and by they, I mean the Luciferian elite. I mean, people need to recognize it's a whole lot easier to control people than you might think. Um, it's all compartmentalized and, um, you know, all of these banks run in the same circles and take their cue from the same central banks. And so, um, yeah, there were, st- were most retail places all across the land. We were still traveling at the time. Uh, 
you know, where you'd find signs that say no coins. Uh, my bank even they sent out a mailer that said, hey, you know, we're offering a free promotion where you bring in your buckets full of change and you don't even have to roll it. Normally they charge a, a percentage fee if you bring in unrolled coins to roll it for you. They said, we'll, we'll do it for free. Just bring it in. And I think it was a trial balloon to try to see how easily it's going to be to, uh, to, to get away from to- what they call token currency. But, you know, the World Economic Forum has had open uh, meetings. You can see the videos. You can see the transcripts where they've talked openly about how they can go to, what again, what they call a uh, digital currency, a central bank, CBDC, central bank digital currency. I think most of your listeners probably know by now that the Federal Reserve is not uh, federal. It's private. It's a privately owned bank by six individual families, and they print money and sell that money, those bills, to the U.S. at interest. That's why every dollar bill uh, piece of currency that you have says Federal Reserve note. It's a debt instrument. And so we do not print our own money. We are beholden to a private bank. And that's the reason that the Federal Reserve is, loves to keep printing money. The more they print it, the richer those six families get. Wow. Um, and I have a chapter about that in my book, Great Last Day's Deception. But um, what they want to do is have the same model, but have one global central bank. Uh, instead of all these multiple central banks throughout the world, one central, you know, key universal global central bank and uh, have everything digitized. And that's so that they can control and track. If you control money, there's a whole there's not much that you cannot do. And now they're obviously in control in a way of our health because they've played on people's fears. Uh, JB, uh, there's a couple of things we want to talk about. But before we do that, a lot of people are feeling overwhelmed to the point of not even wanting to turn on the news. And that will also mean they don't want to go to even truthful or conservative sites, places they know, they reputable places they can get the news, because there's so much that seems to be coming at them, it can be overwhelming. What advice would you give our patriots, the, the listeners who are the remnant, who really don't want to just sit back and do nothing. They are praying. They are in the word. Most of them are going to a good church, but they feel like they, they have to do something to try to raise awareness. How, what advice can you give our listeners? Yeah, so uh, that's a great question, and, and it's very important. Um, you mentioned two key things that every believer should always be doing, and that's praying and staying in the word. But when you go to the Word, you'll find that in Proverbs 22.3, it reminds us that a wise man foresees trouble coming and prepares himself. Mm. So preparedness is a biblical concept. There, you know, it's not a lack of faith to be prepared. Sometimes Christians, I'll, I'll come across Christians that say, well, look, nothing we can do about it. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen. You know, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm just going to sit back. Whatever will be, will be. Well, we certainly shouldn't worry, but we should be prepared. That's a biblical command. And, you know, either way, we have to have faith in God, whether our preparations rescue us and prevent trouble from coming our way or not. If God says, hey, this is your time, it's our time. Either way, we have to have faith. But if you're sitting on a train track and you see that train coming down the the tracks, you need to get off. And so from a very practical perspective, I think 2021 is going to be a, a major, major year in terms of the the luciferians rolling out of their agenda we already know for example in canada that uh, uh, trudeau who's from a long line of luciferians and several generations of leaders there he says hey we're going to roll out a universal basic income where we're going to give you the money 
you're going to be beholden to us, and then we're going to control you. So I, I think a lot of things are going to happen. So here's what I would say from a very practical perspective. Number one, you need, a, you, you need the three basics, food, water, and protection. Uh, you know, you can survive three minutes without air, three days without water, three months without food. And so those are your priorities. Make sure you, can, you, you have access to food and water, uh, whether that's through a friend, a neighbor. If you live on property, maybe you've got a creek or a lake uh, or a manual well even, something like that. Uh, make sure you have access to the basics. And then I think you need to be smart. Um, you know, the people that survived in previous generations, other uh, horrific times in human history were those who kind of flew below the radar. Uh, so I think you need to outsmart um, the system and uh, don't flaunt it. Don't look, go looking for a fight. You know, I don't go out picking fights with people who wear a mask. I, I try not to wear one. I don't go to places where I'm required to wear one. But if, if, if I see someone wearing a mask, I'm not going to go pick a fight with them. I want to fly below the radar. I don't want to be on someone's Facebook, a provocateur of some fight. So I think people need to take practical preparations in terms of food and supplies and things because we just don't know what the next trigger will be. Mm-hmm. We know they're fomenting things with BLM and Antifa. We know they love chaos. They want to destroy America so they can rebuild it, order out of chaos. We know there's a lot of saber rattling going on right now with Iran and China. Uh, we know once Biden gets in that he's going to roll out some gun confiscation programs and things like that. So I think you just need to, to, to think and be prepared in a very practical uh, sense. And, and, you know, study the facts. You know, I, I get frustrated because, you know, I, I feel like I'm talking till I'm blue in the face, and yet most people just aren't waking up. And, you know, I, I can explain it, but I can't understand it for you. That, that You yes. have to do that. Thank and you. So, uh, you know, you know that, that's all, I can, all, all we can really do. And, and if the facts that are so overwhelmingly supportive – of what we've been talking about on this program and talking about for months um, aren't enough, then I, I just I, I can't help you. you know? I love that you said I can explain it, but I can't understand it for you. And I think we could take it a step further and say, and I can't take action and respond to what's going on for you. Uh, people have to do that. But yet, JB, a lot of people are, are consumed with misinformation. And so they've got to avoid some of these media resources uh, or um, outlets that have been putting the junk out there and they continue to play on people's fears. Um, so people in the church are dealing with this. We've got friends, you know, loved ones in our churches that we are disagreeing with on this thing. Now, we've got to respectfully disagree. We don't have to be disagreeable. But I think it's important as we have some of these debates in the year to come, there's a lot that's going to happen this year based on what's going to happen with Georgia's election, which we haven't even talked about, and based on what's going to happen with who takes the presidency, who is officially in office as president, because as you said, things could be coming like the Equality Act, gun confiscation, and others. We are not exaggerating these points. We've tried to talk about this for years, and finally people are going to get it, but I hope they don't get it when it's too late. Would you like to speculate or touch a little bit on the importance of Georgia and the uh, Senate runoff? Yeah, so again, I think it, it's hard to predict what, what they're going to do because it's not monolithic and there are factors at play, not the least of which is God's sovereignty, and he <laughs> may decide that he's not ready to to move into the, the end times. He may say, no, we've got more people that need to come to faith in Jesus Christ. I mean, we don't know God's timetable, and he's the ultimate uh, one in charge. 
But as best I can see, I would say, first of all, don't get your hopes up that anything's going to happen with Trump and the election. I just don't see that happening. Um, there's no question there was absolute blatant fraud. Yep. Uh, but I've been talking about election fraud for 10 years. I was talking about Dominion 10 years ago. So this is no different than it's ever been, except that it was much more significant, much greater and blatant and in-your-face type of, of fraud. But I don't believe that – I think Wednesday is going to be a chaotic day in the House uh, of Representatives with both House and Senate meeting and so forth to certify the vote. But I, I don't think the ultimate outcome will be any different. Um, so, And then I think you know there's a chance that we could be in for sort of a slow dec- incremental decline, as you talked about. But there's always that chance we could see something major happen in the next a few weeks and months. So either way, uh, you know, you have to be prepared. One of the things we know that Biden's going to roll out, and I've got, again, the document that people want to see it, called Secular Democrats of America, Restoring Constitutional Secularism and Patriotic Pluralism in the White House, presented to President-elect Joe Biden and Vice President-elect Kamala Harris, transition team. Uh, this is basically a bunch of atheistic, humanistic anti-Christian politicians who are insisting that the new administration uh, get rid of any Christian rights and freedoms and get, you know, really clamp down on free speech and some of these things uh, and institute a more pluralistic, inclusivistic society. It's frightening. 28 pages. When you read it, it's just like right out of George Orwell's 1984. Uh, And yet it's real. I mean, this is really happening. And and by the way, um, even RNS, the Religion News Service, which is, uh, from my understanding, definitely a lot not conservative or fundamental, uh, but they put out this article say, citing the rise of Christian nationalism. Secular Democrats unveil sweeping recommendations for Biden. There are people that are pulling his strings. We knew he was pretty much a Manchurian candidate, an empty suit, and the left will have a field day. Uh, assuming Biden is going to take office. What's your number one concern, J.B., for the church? I think uh, the church needs to be prepared to suffer in America, Hmm. like many Christian churches have suffered for centuries. And I just don't know if we have the will uh, to do that. I think churches, um, there's a, a huge apostate church in America today, and very few churches are staying open uh, and continue, con- continuing with the status quo, most of them are uh, allowing the government to control where they sit, what they sing, when they sing, who, how many people can come, what they wear, completely controlling the inside uh, of of the of the church. And so, my concern is that that the, 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 there are very few pastors and leaders and Christian men and women willing. Uh, to take a stand, and we need more. We need people to stop wearing masks and to refuse to take the vaccine. And it may come at a cost. Mm -hmm. You may lose your job. You may not be able to travel. You may not be able to open a bank account. Mm -hmm. But there are fates worse than death, and people need to not take the vaccine and stop wearing masks unless they absolutely have to, uh, I would say, for the mask. I would never take the vaccine. I'd sooner die first. I'll put on a mask if, if it's the path of least resistance in a certain circumstance, but I'm going to try to avoid all those circumstances as best I can. But we need people to, to, to take a stand. I know a lot of friends that don't, uh, they either had to quit their jobs or they were forced or they lost their jobs because of the mask issue. And a couple of them for health reasons. Asthma was one. There, And it's just really amazing to me that it seems like employers, I know they're trying to do what they think 
is right and what the government's telling them to do, but they're even coming down hard on people who have health conditions. That I can't imagine, JB, I have, I have some uh, sympathy for people, employees of these stores, who've got to wear these masks for what, six or eight-hour shifts. I can't imagine. By the way, there's a website off to get that to people um, uh, about the mask issue and how it affects children. I'll have to put that in today's podcast notes. But this, there are some damaging effects to this. And when are they going to do studies on this? Yeah, I mean, there's lots of studies already done and has been for decades. And I'm happy to send those documents out <laughs> to people if you want to look at them. You have a lot of information. Your, your email, by the way, I'll give that to people. It's jb at not, notbyworks.org. We'll put that in the podcast notes. It went by way too fast. So much to discuss. And next time there will be just as much. J.B. Hickson, thank you so much for your time. God bless you, brother. Thanks, Dave. God bless. All right. Keep in touch. We will let you know uh, who our guests are the rest of this week as soon as we come back on Stand Up For The Truth. Stand Up For The Truth, a ministry of Lakeshore Communications Incorporated. Keep the discussion going on social media. Stand Up WI on Facebook and Twitter. Now we wrap up today's Stand Up For The Truth. Okay, that website I was trying to remember was nomasksforkids.com. No masks for kids.com. And there's people sharing testimonies of health related incidents because of wearing masks. And you want to go check this out, please. This is, there's nothing made up about this. These are literal testimonies from people about psychological, neurological, uh, dermal, meaning skin issues and adverse effects, even one dental uh, and other. So nomasksforkids.com. Tomorrow, Israel Wayne will be with us. We're back to the topic of education and the public schools. He, of course, is with Family Renewal. He's an education expert and homeschooling veteran. Israel Wayne, tomorrow you will hear from Patrick Wood on Wednesday. Thursday, Dr. Andy Wood's back with us. Uh, We're going to have a lot to talk about on Thursday. And then Elijah Abraham, he's going to be back with us on Friday. A packed week. Thank you so much for tuning in and for your support. God bless you. And as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.